0: This one sounds so boring.
1: <laughs> Welcome back to first season finale. This is uh, Saber. We're in Brooklyn on a Saturday afternoon. Sunny. Well, it's 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 ceasing to be sunny. It's turning into um,
2: dusk. E- dusk's cloudy. Dusk. It's fine. It's three thirty. Yeah, that's okay, right? That's
1: Erica, and that's Adam. Um, Before we ended the last show, Adam was telling us a story that we should pick back up. Uh, But also, let's set the table. We're going to be watching Agatha Christie's Paro, uh, the BBC show, from 89. And, um, you know, I think uh, the last show we did was about night court. We're thinking a lot about criminal justice, the police, authorities, how... Uh,
0: investigations
1: Investigations How perpetrators Are portrayed And how Justice is served Or not served um, And I guess We did it When we taught A lot of the shows Actually have to do With that Mar- Murder She Wrote Has to do with that Airwolf A lot of them There's sort of Justice being meted out. MacGyver um, There's some sort of Judgment on Quote unquote Bad people mm-hmm. uh, But Adam are you a, a bad person?
0: No But you've <laughs>
1: How do you know? But you've been in front of a judge. Yeah, I know. Okay.
0: I'm not a bad. Uh, okay.
1: Give us the facts. Let's, def- let's define we'll, a bad we'll, person. We'll, we'll judge. All
0: right. Here's uh, the facts of my my trial. Mm-hmm. So I was stopped by police officers in 2005, mm-hmm. walking down the street.
1: Can we just say that was nine years ago? In nine case years ago. People listen to this in the future. It's
0: nine years ago. And. I was new to Brooklyn I was in Williamsburg and I was with a, f- a group of friends and the normal thing to do if, if you want to drink a beer outside is you put it in a brown paper bag
1: as the wire famously explains
0: wire famously explains it, that brown paper bag is the that thing that complicit thing between cop and yeah. citizen it allows them to ignore
1: public drinking
0: and I didn't have a brown paper bag so my assumption was I could just put it in a sock. So I put a, <laughs> I put the beer in a sock,
1: uh-huh. and I love this story already. Yep. Here we go. You had a gigantic sock, handy?
0: No, it, the, it's a beer bottle. Like it it's a small one. It's not a 40. 40. Yeah, it wasn't a
1: forty. So like, you really was like a cozy, a cozy, cozy.
0: Right. Cozy, cozy. So yeah. cozy. which, if if the brown paper bag, you know, in my head, it's like <laughs> all you have to do is cover the thing. <laughs> Fuck it. You're all good. <laughs> and so I'm walking down the street and I get stopped by two officers of the law and I get a summons and I have to show up to court Mm. and for drinking a beer and at the time I felt amazing like inside I was I felt persecuted because oh, I'm wow. like, oh, they're picking on this white dude. <laughs> like, what a fucking idiot. You know, like, they're picking on this white dude. Look Who's at the, around Look at all sun? those Latinos drinking their <laughs> beers. You know? Really? Yeah. Thought that? I thought that for that moment, yeah. No one told you and differently? Wait, it, I learned my lesson mm-hmm. shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I turned to the officer. I'm like, what do you want me to do with it? And he's like, you chug it. You chug mm-hmm. it right here in front of me. So I chugged this beer in front of him. But
1: Before had, the summons,
0: after No, but like he had already written the summons and handed it to me. It's like you chug that beer in front of me. So I chugged it, and then he goes, "Now throw it away in that trash can."
2: You could have poured it out. that's yeah. I
0: know. It was so bizarre. He, he must you have chugging? just seen the fear in my eyes because I was like, "I'm being stopped by the cops," <laughs> and like just like was having. I'm sure they walked I'm away right. and like laughed, <laughs> or like one of them had a bed. I don't know what the fuck. But it was like so a month later i go to court and i'm standing in line and i'm like i am the only white person here yeah i am wrong they were not picking on me (laughs) this is ridiculous (laughs) and i need to fucking rethink how i think about stuff because like this was like my first introduction to any of this and i was like okay stand in line like keep your mouth shut and like this is how it goes. So I get in front of the judge, and I have mm-hmm. this public defender, the public defender just goes, just plead guilty. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And he's like, it's a $20 fine, just plead guilty. That's it? Like, fuck yeah. it. Yeah. I was like, okay. So, like, they call my name. I stand there next to the guy, my public defender. The judge, like, how, do, how does he plead? And I go, guilty. And the judge goes, what? What kind of beer was it? <laughs> and I was like, what? And he goes, what kind of beer was it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was a Sam Adams Light. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's the most expensive Sam Adams Light you've ever had. And like, boom, 25 bucks uh, or whatever man. it was. He was just and setting up for that line. He was setting up for that line. I was like, great. And then I walked to another line. I paid the guy 20 bucks or whatever it was and okay. like, went on my way. But yeah, I, but at the time, when I first got the summons, I thought I was being picked on.
2: And you had to go in front of the...
0: Had to. They've changed the law since.
2: Because nine years ago, I was living in California, and I got a ticket for drinking a glass beer on Santa Cruz Beach. Don't do that.
0: <laughs> Broken glass.
2: Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. It Santa cost Cruz. me $350.
0: California. What?
2: Yeah. They made us pour out the beer, too, because it wasn't that, um, so the beers that were open, then they came around, we had a 12-pack, we had to open each one of them and pour them into the sand. It's not
0: illegal to be holding beer.
2: One of, so nine years ago, I was, I was 21, almost 22, someone was one month away from her 21st birthday, so they made us pour out all of the, and this was Sierra Nevada 12-pack.
0: So a day a trip. We
2: were going to college. I went to college in San Francisco, so we just made a day trip, get some beers, go to the beach, check out Santa Cruz. What's three hundred and fifty dollars later? I never had to see a judge, but it was the most expensive ordeal <laughs> ever. I was That's the only the one, so I was with Joe, Jesus. Liz, and Brianna, and they never paid their bill because they weren't as responsible as I was. I was you a twenty-one year old.
0: Better fucking pay that, because then you get a there
2: warrant. was a warrant yeah, on them. Don't We saw it in a paper and it had their names in it and it, yeah. Did they pay then? Who knows? They fucking live in California. They're in a bubble.
1: Well, one thing about California is there's very few cops. But if you do run into a cop, the situation can be pretty terrible because the fines are so excessive. No one in California pays taxes. The taxes are ridiculously So the state like survives on like massive registration and these types of things. Uh, your story out reminds me of a moment that turned out differently. Um, around 2003, when I was living in the city and working, me and my friend Chris—he uh, worked uh, actually just down the street at a school—and I worked up in uh, Bed Stuy, and we'd often meet uh, here. Uh, sometimes we'd go to Mo's, uh, which would open at like 4:30. <laughs> we would get out at 3:30, and sometimes we couldn't wait till 4:30 to start drinking. So one time we got a couple of 40s. And go up to the top of Fort Green Park, which is just down the street here uh-huh. now, and started drinking. And uh, my friend Chris, who's an upstanding white guy, just was very uncomfortable about the Did whole thing. Did you guys
0: have the things in bags?
1: No. because okay. what
0: about socks? Here's
1: here's the Don't setup. Use sock. <laughs> here's the setup and it becomes important later. Uh, we are in like living in hell. Like we're working in very difficult jobs like jobs that you know people quit on a regular basis we're working in some of the toughest schools in new york and we're depressed and we're self-medicating almost every friday drinking early drinking hard buying bags of cocaine no we don't have the money for any of that Uh, we're just depressed giving head
2: for cocaine
1: (laughs) (laughs) well we just give head we don't we
2: didn't have the money for you no okay uh
1: so we're we're being irresponsible and um my friend chris is a little uncomfortable but i sort of make him do this or maybe he's not drinking i am but anyway we're sitting up top of four Greene park drinking waiting for the bar to open and this young uh cop comes up i think black maybe hispanic and he's like uh hey guys like no this this can't happen and i think he wants to start writing a ticket but then me or chris have the bright idea to tell him hey we're school teachers and we worked down the street and he's like oh okay yeah just pour it out and, and don't do that you know my he's trying, sympathy he's trying to work with you well, yeah he's like my sympathies, we get it you know I, I know that school because it's all in one area basically we're talking about and he lets us go um, but you know probably helped that there was a white guy that probably helped that we were sort of professionals, quote unquote.
2: No, but is that fair for you to be let go because you have a hard job of no. Eating, teaching? No, a, no but like I, a I tough think what player? happens is like if you're not, not
0: giving the cops shit Yeah and you're like I don't you know like and you're not gonna be a problem, then that's when like inside their head like they have like the ability to like like meet out like justice of like okay.
1: But but get you know of part of part of playing that, that going well was the fact that really wasn't afraid of I wasn't I wasn't like worried about the repercussions of getting a ticket it wasn't gonna end my you know at that point we were just so carefree you just
0: still run for selectmen yes, yes. no no
1: <laughs> no because they were under so much stress and we just made it to Friday we just felt a level of euphoria let's say getting caught drinking would result in me losing my job probably a very different meeting uh, but it, I was just, like, sort of happy-go-lucky to just make it to Friday and survive another week at the school. How
0: come you didn't put it in a bag?
1: I just didn't give a shit at that point. I was so unhappy. I was so depressed. I was so sort of both lonely and afraid. And I just was like, Friday is... going to get drunk on Friday.
0: I feel like that the only... Like, there's a bag distributor somewhere in <laughs> New York, Connecticut. All they do is sell bags... For those. Of that size, yeah, well, no, two I, size, but, but I've the done I've done can size.
1: I've done both. I've I've done paperback and I haven't done paperback. This point, it might even even been in a paperback. I don't know, but it was clear that we were Would drinking in Would you ever park. consider
0: drinking a beer in public without a bag?
1: Yeah, I do it all the time.
0: Yeah,
1: You're
2: a dick. I've done it too.
1: Why am I a dick?
0: Because it's the it's showing a disrespect for the cops to not have the
1: bag. I'm not drinking where there's cops a lot of this public drinking happen in California and there are no police okay, it's not yeah. like New York I just way, said, like, like
0: in New York like I wouldn't
2: be I used to drink on the G train yeah. like I wouldn't wait for the G train oh, unless but I, I would had always it. pour
0: oh. it into like a Gatorade bottle
2: oh no I would just have it in my purse keep it in my purse put it up put it down like when you're on the train
1: but you know I'm not a, I'm not a big drinker so it's not really a, like a problem my face like how am I going to hide my booze
0: you're not depressed anymore
1: no this was this was yeah this was
2: so <laughs> nine years 11, ago yeah, nine years ago I was definitely less years. depressed than I am now. Well, obviously, like
0: I mean, I don't drink on the trains anymore, I and mean, I realize yes, it's I don't drink I'm on the anymore. depressed <laughs> about my. I've noticed that life. too.
2: I'm not drinking on the trains anymore. Yeah. my life is getting much better. I guess. Yeah,
1: at least yeah, you've come. <laughs> well, you, you got that already. Christmas tree.
0: <laughs> I did get that Christmas tree. So, Why don't you have a tree?
1: Well, I think with Lucy my girlfriend getting sick. It sort of derailed it. She was hoping to get it last week. This isn't. I, I don't care.
0: I know you don't. Well, you know, I'm opening.
1: I'm opening up to it. Um,
0: I I realize, like, all of a sudden, I'm like trying to push you to feel something about Christmas, which I have no right <laughs> or like even need to no, do. No, no, like you, it's like a challenge.
1: For you should. Me. You should. I think I I I choose to stand off from things that are probably great just because I hate being compelled or. Feeling like society wants me to do something or feel a certain way.
0: Can I give you my? But oftentimes, it's childish. Also, on another thing. That yes. tanker that went down near Bangladesh and yes. kill all your fucking. Dolphins. Oh no, the tigers. the tigers. The
1: tigers. The tigers. <sighs> it's so sad.
2: It's very sad. It's it's
1: it's one of the the it's it's the largest mangrove forest in the world, which means in the world. It's all brackish water with trees coming. It's very beautiful. And
0: you got these amazing dolphin species yeah river Rare. dolphins and you got mm-hmm. these tigers
1: the only tigers some one of the few tigers left in, some oh, fucking oil tanker. yeah and then you know it's the whole country is rivers it's the largest yeah. delta in the world so everything happens on the river but these rivers are very flat because it's the delta and mm-hmm. they're very windy so i can just see that fucking tanker just bumping into something it's all like silt and uh it's so sad and global warming is gonna just destroy this country. It's it's all sea level. It's it's a country of a hundred and like what seventy five million at sea level, yeah. and the vast majority of them completely impoverished. Uh, there's people who will. Uh, well, that's,
0: that's gonna be the interesting thing with global warming and the sea levels rising. Is like this mass migration out of those areas that's well how how
1: do you insane. get out i mean i don't i don't know how you get out of you or how you move that many people we're not that's set up as an interesting thing yeah like, we're not set not, up as a world them? to do that, that yeah that,
0: that's the weird like that's you know it's like i if people don't governments whatever figure out a solution which i have no doubt they will not it's totally going to be like a pressure cooker where it's like okay we have and people just move back
1: and, well, back, and well, back and back, and back. The, the sad thing is Bangladesh has been through this a few times there was a civil war that led to our independence in 71 and there was huge amounts of people leaving Bangladesh for india and at which point india which was led by india gandhi at that point said hey the u.n something has to be done the pakistan is out of control they're destabilizing this country. Oh, who were you guys
0: a part of before? Pakistan. What was so wrong with...
1: No, <laughs> well, I'm telling you about <laughs> okay. it. They were very vastly mismanaging it. At one point, it was an election, and we are the larger population of this country, and they were like, well, no, you don't get to rule. Um, but when it when the when the Indians came to the UN and came to talk to Kennedy about it... Or started meddling. Uh, or was it Kennedy? Yeah, I think it was Kennedy... Uh, they were just sort of like, whatever. Uh, turns out later we were like, you know, buddies with Pakistan with, and because we wanted to get to China. But there was no, Bangladesh has gone through this many times. None of them have gone well. Eventually India got fed up and just invaded the country and kicked the Pakistanis out and, and set up a new country, um, which is where Bangladesh was born in 71. And even before that, there's been famines. There were famines under the British uh, so it's it's a very
0: um, well if you guys join back up with Pakistan then you can oh move God. away from the water lowlands
1: no no do you know what the map is no I have idea. there's like a, an entire country between Bangladesh and Pakistan India
0: well how the fuck were you owned by the Pakistanis <laughs> exactly <then? laughs> right like, Exa- who's who's in charge of this
1: you should read the history of partition if you want to do you
0: think the United States could absorb a hundred million pakistanis no uh bangladeshians probably
1: Bangladeshis.
0: Bangladeshis.
1: yeah probably i mean the whole world can't it's not like
0: any it's
2: not
1: like
0: the biggest task ever no but and, and
2: at the same time that's one example of what will happen with global warming right yes yeah that's one country
1: philippines is another country that's under a lot of threat there's a lot of countries but philippines a lot more prosperous but um it's overall yeah the whole world needs to deal with it but the, the deal that we made with China is a big step forward. that means that the Chinese are on board with making a big global plan. And part of that plan will have to be either uh, sharing um, resources and money. so the West will have to pay the, the global south to, to protect itself from the effects of climate change and also reduce its you know consumption of energy and all that. Uh, yeah. Now we can do that. but that's going to be like trillions of dollars well. Rich countries will have to pay. Like they'll have to pay Brazil not to cut down the rainforest, and monitor that doesn't happen. They'll have to pay other countries to uh, ch- shut down their coal mines and set up, uh, you know, more sustainable power plants. This is all. This is all coming up at that meeting in I don't know Paris next year. It's. Uh... This is the deal they've been trying to make. The grand bargain.
0: So today we're watching.
2: Yeah. That. So we're going. To, we're going to segue into a British show. A British show. Great that, segue. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh. Let's see if the British can figure it out at a time where, at this time, India was under colonial rule. Right? Happily, the under.
1: time. Period, the time period. Right. The time period portrayed. Yes. Portrayed. I don't know if any of that makes it onto the show. It,
2: he does, but not in this episode.
1: He, I like
2: this show, so that's why I know. He tri-
1: Poro's Par, Belgian, right? He's, he's Belgian. In, he's in London. Oh, by the way, I was born in Belgium. That's another thing I okay, share about Poro. Yeah,
0: yeah. where be? International man of mystery. <laughs> Sober.
1: I'm also wearing sunglasses. Yes, right damn. Because I cannot he find he my can't glasses. find his
2: glasses, so <laughs> he's been wearing sunglasses inside yeah. during yeah. the day. Yeah. You wear glasses? <laughs> 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 so, um.
1: Yeah, set it up a little bit, can you?
2: This is a BBC show that I'm familiar with from PBS. It was actually my favorite PBS show growing up. This is a little bit insight into the nerd that Erica is, is that I fucking love this show, loved Hitchcock, only was into these things at age like 9, 10, 11. Um... He is a Belgian detective. It's Agatha Christie uh, short stories. Agatha Christie wrote Ten Little Indians, which is a requirement in uh, middle school and in this country to read. Have you read Ten Little Indians?
0: I did, and I can't remember anything about it, other than I liked
2: it. But. It's just like the epitome of mystery, mystery. Like, there's no consequences. It's just like the most logical, mind-thinking, puzzle-solving. Mind-thinking? Mind-thinking, puzzle-solving, Sherlock <laughs> feet, Holmes-style. Feet-walking. Feet-walking. Feet walking. <laughs> uh, uh, detective series. There's no grit to it. There's no... Um, he, he has a mustache. He figures it out with... Before, uh, before anyone like the show pretty much he knows what happens within the first few minutes yeah. of the crime so he,
1: he's basically like an effete version of Sherlock Holmes he's you know where Sherlock Holmes is sort of a bully and autistic Paro is sensitive and uh, sort intuitive. of intuitive uh, surrounded by surrounded by sort of Brits who are to find him alien the same way they find Sherlock alien but for different reasons
2: he uh, is a dandy. Yeah. Maybe gay.
1: Yeah. Gentleman of leisure mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's like pre-World War One, Yes. Brit London. Mm-hmm. And this episode's called The Dream. A wealthy man asks Poirot to investigate even though nothing has happened but a bad, uh, recurring bad dream. All right. So we'll see you guys uh, right after this after we watch the first season finale of Poirot and talk about it with you guys. See you soon.
0: What is this supposed to be? Is that like the, the moon and like water or like, What's the, the yeah. middle?
2: It's Art Deco with uh, his mustache as part of it. Sword Stylized.
0: Short stories, or did somebody
2: make more? No, well, they might have, but this first season, yeah.
1: theme song to Poirot, something uh, I remember from my childhood.
2: As do it, I.
1: It's actually not BBC. It's ITV, which is an uh, in, independent, private.
2: I watched it on PBS anyway.
1: Yeah, but I assumed it was BBC too. But maybe one reason why it was better, better. Um, <laughs> is yeah. that it wasn't a BBC production. Maybe maybe they had a hand in it. Who knows? Everything's sort of one horse town over there. Um, So, who, Erica, do you want to go over the plot briefly?
2: Um, There is a millionaire pie-making man who... Baron. Baron, who calls in Paro to... uh, He tells him about a dream where he comes up to the window at a certain time and kills himself. And he is concerned with this dream. He, He even tells Paro that possibly... Uh, Someone is trying to make him think to do this. Uh, The man turns up dead at that same time that he dreams about, in the same manner that he described to Paro the night before. He's called in to investigate. It looks like a suicide, as the dream would suggest to Paro, but of course it is a very well-crafted murder, which Paro then investigates. He knows immediately, but he tells the inspector to get those... Gray uh, Gray sells working, and he'll tell him in, his, in the big reveal, which is very classic formula of this style, especially Agatha Christie, who um, was a contemporary of, no, I, she was later than Sherlock Holmes. Much later. Much later, yeah. But in the same style of I will reveal everything.
1: Yeah, with all the suspects and mm-hmm. members together, yeah. It, yeah, it's a sort of updated formula. So some, some updating they did was... Um, it's it's the jazz age, it's industrial Britain, at least in this one episode. The pie baron is sort of fighting his employees, trying to prevent them from unionizing, which is something Paro is sensitive to, and he actually gives a little speech about it at the end. <laughs> it's pretty funny, because he's completely inept as an employer, too. Uh, the other sort of... Um, modern sensitivities is uh paro is a foreigner uh, which probably would have been less likely in sherlock's time and uh when the stepmother step uh the, the second wife is found to be guilty of the murder along with the secretary she says to him as she's being led to the police car you foreigner which is um which is true in so many ways. Like Poirot is a foreigner. Literally, he's from Belgium. He's also a foreigner because his idiosyncrasies, which are sort of like Sherlock's, make him foreign to other people. They don't understand him. Things are unclear. Things that he picks up on, they can't pick up on. Um, and he doesn't have to sort of follow the rules that Brits have to follow. Sort of.
2: He's not a police officer. He's. A- He's, he works for himself he's a private investigator too so he doesn't have to follow the rules of the inspector mm-hmm. the inspector asks him for help mm-hmm. and he the inspector would have said it was a suicide but Paro comes in and, and makes it something different
1: just like it would be in Sherlock mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot going on that's similar to Sherlock
2: mm-hmm.
1: what about you Adam what did you do? this might have been first for you both me and Erica had grown up on this show
0: I had never seen it before so it was very foreign foreigner <laughs> to me uh it was funny it was um kind of i th- that's the whole thing with like Sherlock holmes it, as you're saying is like this felt like some if it felt like the murder she wrote aspects where it was like some of like his conclusions were hard to like see where he got to them from mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. Oh, I just have to think about this long enough, and I'll fucking figure out this murder. It seemed a little bit forced. Yeah, and then it, it often
1: one. comes from an epip- epiphany, which happens so for Quara too. There's a, there's a sort of uh, a view of of science and deduction that is sold to you by a lot of mystery uh, writing and shows, which is this sort of objective view on the world. There. Are a set of clues that are accessible you put them together and you apply sort of Occam's razor to it and that will give you the solution to crime and the the value judgment is placed on the intelligence of the person putting the analyst let's say putting the information together into uh, the right coherence not you know um, with some other possibilities. Uh, other people may say chance plays a big part in solving crimes mm-hmm. or interrogations. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I think a lot of actual police place a high premium on, I'm just thinking of Serial, uh, yeah. that podcast, where it seems like the interrogations are the in- entirety of the evidence presented, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so it feels a little stretched, and you know when you write 100 of these stories, every time you have to sort of up the ante and before you know it, you're having sort of a secretary play. So it turns out that the secretary is responsible for the murder, and when they first met, Poirot was invited to talk about this dream. It was fake. It was a secretary setting up for this suicide, quote-unquote, suicide later. So he dressed up as the, uh, the pie baron, and that allowed him to then set up for the murder the next day because at the right time uh, he shoots him out the window and then goes runs in and says oh my god someone shot him really it takes a particular view on crime too which is crime happens by conniving people who plan and then commit so almost everything is sort of premeditated you know. Yes. Like mm-hmm. in Shakespeare there's never like Oh, in the heat of the moment, this guy that wouldn't have killed this other person Kill suddenly this other did. Person. No, no, it's months of planning, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. subterfuge and all this stuff. So, it's fun, but it's a little
0: tiring. And I think that's maybe my mystery it never becomes like high art, you know, because it's so like
2: well, because it's formulaic too. Yeah.
0: Well, with this one, it, it occurred to me because, like, watching it, just as watching, like, I enjoyed it, and I was like, oh, and we got to the big reveal, and I was like, oh okay, that's how we got there. Mm-hmm. He, that's what he did, but then, as we're like analyzing and talking about it that's when the whole fucking episode falls apart because it's like it no if that was your plan mm-hmm. if your if your plan was to kill him and make it look like a suicide while he was leaning out the window why call in Perot like why why this why add this other element mm-hmm. and like that other element is what unraveled the whole thing mm-hmm. when he could have just shot him mm-hmm done the same exact thing where he's like he hasn't been to the meeting with you guys yet I'll go check on him and go in, put the gun in his hand and be like he committed suicide. It's
2: highly contrived as well as any detective I hope would come in and see that someone was shot from a window (laughs) like where the splatter (laughs) may have happened would not be from (laughs) the hand looking yeah. out the window like there's I just think empirical evidence that would suggest something that is different from analysis This, uh, which this plays with as well with he says that maybe he was hypnotized to think these things like they're playing it's in the time period where Freud was popular as well like this idea of I'm not in control of my own uh, conscious and subconscious like playing with that time which is it's like, you know, reading something. It's it's not uh, it's not very realistic. It's
1: Yeah. But you know, it, it's intellectual. okay. It's it's all okay because very stylish. It's a very jazz age, art deco uh, from the the theme music to the intro, the graphics, to the beautiful. the building, the production's it's all beautifully great. done. Probably one of the most like the prettiest T- British TV shows to this day. Uh, in production value which they're often quite cheap Um, and the acting's fun the acting's fun they're having a lot of fun um they're nailing a lot of details really well you probably couldn't do the modern Sherlock without Poirot in the middle here to sort of give something to respond to Mm -hmm. um and I think you know that it 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 suffers from the same thing that mystery does. Like you know, you look at the modern Sherlock Holmes, just getting crazier and crazier. But it also do- doesn't really go overboard. It it sort of plays by a good. I got I got the Christie rules. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you look at Sherlock. Have, and yeah, it's
0: like the classic Who Done It? Closed mm-hmm. room. This guy yeah. must have killed himself. Like no, mm-hmm. yeah. there's another way. Yeah,
1: the formula can be. Maybe this isn't the best example, but the formula can be pretty uh, rigorous in, in creating a tight story.
2: And the formula, I think, is why I probably was turned on to it at a young age. Mm-hmm. And I was guessing, and Saber shushed me because I guessed <laughs> what was happening. It's like, I wanted for wanted to wait for the reveal.
1: Eric has seen it before.
2: Well, I've seen it before. It aired in 1989. So if I saw it before, I probably saw you it in early 90s. You said that one second in. I've
1: seen this before. <laughs> It's still me that you to remember all of it.
2: I didn't remember all of it but I could guess that what that someone dressed up like you could I have yeah. the clues. If I didn't see that one I saw enough of them to know Yeah what they yeah. were. And I like Agatha Christie's story, the murder on the Orient Express. they
1: mm-hmm. They're all great.
2: Is a great movie. Yeah. And Ten Little Indians and Then There Was None mm-hmm. is a great story and it's it's more of like a puzzle so it's fun for someone who's young and doesn't want to deal with the realistic grit of what maybe serial offers yeah or the wire offers or anything mm-hmm. that might involve things that are out of my control mm-hmm. this is all within my control because I can see what's happening it's a small cast it's mm-hmm. beautifully set and uh, the main guy is so intellectualized he has no sexuality he's a uh, Mm-hmm. he's fancy he's bright he's kind of silly he
0: uh, yeah i mean like i think you're supposed to get that he has no sexuality but it's pretty clear where it's like you as a viewer can put whatever you want onto that sexuality like it can go mm-hmm. anywhere yeah no i but, love like, it what fucking <laughs> kills me about it is, is at the end where like they make this big show like the entire episode the uh, secretary is complaining about how she Poros wants. Secretary. You know, yeah, Perot's secretary wants a new typewriter. Has been talking about it for a year, at least. Like, needs this thing done. And like at the end, he's like bringing up this fucking heavy thing. Everyone offers to help him, and he's like, "No, no, I got it, I got it." And then he brings it in, and it's a stupid fucking clock. And the mm-hmm. whole time, you think it's the typewriter for her.
2: She does too.
0: She does too and like that part like got to me because it's like At that point you realize he's just being a dick
2: He's from Belgium
0: He's just being a dick and like he like he knows what he's doing because he's that fucking smart But he plays it off as if he doesn't Mm -hmm. like you must really need this clock
2: There's definitely it's funny that it's a British show Uh, his, His everyone is British in it except for him and there is this elitism to him of not being British and being the foreigner, and because of that, he can see these things and he can he can uh, tear apart the the crime within the barren. The, in all these cases, I've seen a bunch of them. They're not poor people. They are they are high end, rich, mm-hmm. aristocratic English people that he's he's showing that they're not what they are claiming to be, and. Um, I I find that interesting that that is, it's making fun of England in a lot of ways. Like we were laughing at a lot of things that they were saying because when he would reveal something, they're like, "My God!" or something so ridiculous. We're like, "How (laughs) dumb are you, you fucking English people? (laughs) Are obsessed with pies?" Like the meat pie. And he he talks about how
1: terrible the pies are. Yeah, he makes it clear. Uh, Yeah, it's sort of interesting. Whereas you know we talked, watched Night Court last, and there the immigrant sort of comes in at the bottom. Uh, with you know, sort of lost in the legal system, Poirot is sort of coming in above the fray, looking down on it, and he's his perspective is privileged, and and the perspective you're getting, well, no, you're not getting it actually. You're getting a Brit watching it. Uh, you're you're basically you're basically the the detective, the inspector. That's your that's your sort of view into what's going on, um, but. Uh, Poro is above it all, so he. it's sort of interesting to be that sort of outsider.
2: Uh, and as an American, mm, you watched it in this country or?
1: This is when we lived in Saudi Arabia. Okay. Yeah.
2: So I think you get this level, because I hate British television. I yeah, hate a lot the of British accent. Terrible. Terrible. I hate BBC. Personally, um, I just think that... <laughs> personally? Personally. What do they do to you? <laughs> they, they produce shitty fucking shows. And so it. I remember uh, my sister's like, oh, you'll like the new Sherlock Holmes. I'm like, I don't know. There's English people in it. But I gave it a go. and <laughs> We still I, are. There are, but I I got into it, but like this whole idea, I feel like BBC produces shows where you love them because they're British and they're oh we're so funny how British we are. Yeah. This one has a different take on it, so mm-hmm. someone who's not from England can kind of laugh at how dumb the British people are, because this Belgium detective can outsmart all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Personally, that's how I see it. Yeah,
1: yeah, it, it it's also yeah it's also refreshing to have. A Belgian say, "Oh, they're really weird too," and you were like, "Yeah, yeah, they are weird, aren't they?" Like, I'm so I'm glad someone's saying it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you do feel uh, bought in by someone also reacting to it. Um, maybe because ITV, it's not you know. Maybe that means it's not BBC and and just had a fresh take on it. I wonder how it was received back in its day. Cause it's
2: uh, still on. I was on a f- intercontinental flight actually and
1: uh, does that mean between continents What?
2: yeah I was, I was going to Europe on a flight <laughs> and everyone else was asleep and I saw on my individual screen that there was a pro mm-hmm. and I put it on Is and it watched it it's the same it. guy it's the same guy and it was like produced like two years ago maybe mm. it was totally different than this like this was definitely better mm-hmm. whatever happened I think BBC took it over Fucking BBC. it probably was a joint production yeah and um well, the BBC's the only game in town
0: over there. No, yes. no,
1: ITV's a thing.
2: Who the
0: fuck and
1: then is I've never Murda, heard of ITV it's an before. It's like a, like a private channel.
0: And Rupert Murdoch. And
1: then he's got... Schubert's also around, too. And
0: didn't Rupert Murdoch get fired? Something about yeah. taping yeah. Oh people?
1: Let's save that for another show. Oh, I, was, we'll do I don't a, know. We'll do a surveillance episode.
0: Oh, I'm just saying. It just okay. seems like... Okay, whatever. You, you were on a flight.
2: No, and the show was, it made me very comfortable. It was, who knows what, middle of the night. Everyone else was asleep, and uh, I watched it. And um, same reveal, same style. This was, you were asking at the end of the credits, like, they're all short stories. In the first seasons, in the beginning of it, they are definitely based on Agatha Christie's stories, but then it was, they just took that to this next level. They were so, out of no
0: material. Yeah. Kind of like with um what's his name Alfred Hitchcock presents yeah.
2: which we're, is we're another show it. that I loved growing up
1: so let's end here with um, you know, would you give it another season and let's say you would do it again now what would you do to update it
2: well it's hard to say that because I feel like the new Sherlock Holmes is a great um, example of what you could do with that formula mm-hmm. in a modern time um, I would definitely update it and um, maybe give, I think maybe see what happens if you add like some emotions in there, like the foreigner emotion, the felt like mm-hmm. the continental versus British mm-hmm. um, way that they their sexuality is is very different if you've like the English sexuality versus the continental sexuality. and <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. English people suck and <laughs> Belgian people are hot, so... What? <laughs> <That's not true. laughs>
1: Belgian people are the most boring people on the planet. They are I don't boring. know if that is
0: completely accurate. And I say thing, that from
1: be... being from Belgium.
0: <sighs> they are really boring. dropped you there. <laughs> out of her vagina. Right, like that's all that happens. <laughs> it's it's like like everything else. Like, oh by. yeah, it's like being conceived in Bangladesh. Your no, no, father, no, it was like, conceived
1: we're... in Belgium. You think like she was like pregnant well, like I have no out. idea cause I haven't, Why do you assume that? I haven't then? read your diary
0: Why, why do you assume <laughs> Like why would I assume That your dad and your mom Got pregnant in Belgium We're like Fuck you I a kid why here I know.
1: Why can't it be that
0: Well where was I born I don't fucking give a shit Exactly Yeah
2: Were you born in Connecticut No
0: New Hampshire. Yes. Yes, we. That's the story we all assume is true.
2: Exactly. So
0: my story, I assume, was true, was that you were born in the gutter in fucking Bangladesh, <laughs> like every other Bangladeshi.
2: Next to a tiger. <laughs> Next to a tiger. Touching
0: a dolphin.
1: This isn't. This isn't a Kipling story. Buddy.
2: I'm sorry that I
0: got my. Uh, anyways, yes. The show. <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, change I gears. I am going to start. Watching this show great mm. I, it was fun it was yeah. a lot of fun oddly enough because it was set in like 1934 and um was stylized so much it it could for me it seemed like it could have been filmed yesterday
2: it was really pretty like yeah. Some uh, the desk in one scene was so fucking awesome Sh- that should be in a museum mm-hmm. or really like something I would love to afford to buy someday. Like mm-hmm. everything in it, the clothes to the, 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 the designer only thing of that it
0: tells you that it wasn't done in this decade. Is the opening and closing credits? Yes, that's like there's if, some if, weird if, animation. If everything to else it. in the middle, yeah, it seems like it could have been filmed yesterday.
1: Would you update it to today's times?
0: Um. No, because I think it would fuck it up. Mm-hmm. I, I was, think the pacing would get too quick or something.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about that actually, because it's a question you ask often. And I was thinking how great, it, like, what if this was an animated series? Mm. That might like would, to play we'll, to we'll play with the add. formula. It would add, um, it would add a juxtaposition to the formula and what animation can do. So the animation can be completely strange, but with such a mm. ideal formula. It's
1: an intriguing idea. Uh, it's hard to imagine what that would look like. I don't think there is precedent for it. I would, um, I would like to go with the theme of an outsider in British society. And the one that's most interesting, the one that's completely absent from so much of the BBC shows is South Asians, which is sort of my people. And they're such a big part of Britain, but they don't really have a big foothold. They have a foothold in literature, but they don't have a foothold on TV. And in fact, they're sort of about as British as anything else. It'd be interesting to, um, you know, make a make a Bengali Brit uh, or a mm-hmm. Pakistani Brit um, the main character.
2: I think um, that would be a great idea. That'd actually. be really
1: interesting. Um,
2: in modern time.
1: In modern time, and and possibly investigating the elites of Britain who mm-hmm. see him as a foreigner, but then maybe one of the. Uh, big quirks of the show or one of the big uh, storylines is that really he knows more about them than they realize because he's sort of been invisible to them um, kind of thing um, you know there's often like a lot of detectives are often a class thing because the if like thinking of the some of the British cop shows the detective is blue-collar but he's investigating white-collar criminals mm-hmm. and that could be so it'd be sort of a play on that except it would be with the race um, yeah, I, I mean, I grew up loving Perrault, so I was... Sort of Luther. you I haven't seen, because I can't understand a single word they're saying. I, would, I, mean, yeah, I, mean,
2: I haven't seen that I I really enjoyed it. So you it, watch like, British shows? Oh, yeah. I love them. <laughs> I love
0: the BBC. But the like, B- uh, but Luther, like, yeah, he's m- mush-mouthed. Like, there's times, like, you cannot understand what the fuck they're saying.
1: How self-titles? is he better at speaking Baltimore-American than...
0: Oh, it's because English spoken by Americans is far superior <laughs> to English spoken by a British person. All right. On that note, we're <laughs> gonna
1: end. Um, thank you for hanging out with us today. I uh, hope you uh, got a or learned something. And uh, we give uh, we give a, I think a thumbs up thumbs to up for both these shows and the yep. last show which we watched, um, Night Court. A uh, big thumbs up. Interesting criminal shows comedies, drama,